you seek the key. But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanillo with Jim Cramer, David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Pre-markets lower on a wave of disappointing corporate results from several financials, Tesla, AT&T, and then some weak eco data. Philly Fed, worst in nearly three years, continuing claims highest in almost a year and a half. Our roadmap begins with that Tesla tumble, posting its lowest quarterly gross margin in two years. Elon Musk says he will continue to put sales growth ahead of profit. AT&T's free cash flow fumble. Shares are falling sharply. The company, though, says it is still on track to meet all of its full-year forecasts. And SpaceX is set to launch its first test flight of the Starship rocket system. We're going to bring that to you live if and when it happens. Let's begin with Tesla, though, down sharply in the pre-market. These price cuts resulting in the company's lowest quarterly gross margin in about two years. On last night's call, Elon Musk did highlight that sales growth is still a top priority. While we reduced prices considerably in early Q1, um, it, it's worth noting that our operating margin remains among the best in the industry. Uh, we've taken a view that pushing for higher volumes and a larger fleet is the right choice here. Uh, versus a lower volume and uh, higher margin. And it's better to ship uh, a large number of cars at a lower margin and subsequently um, uh, harvest that margin in the future as uh, we perfect autonomy. autonomy. This, this is an extremely important point. Uh, those operating margins, though, Jim, X credits are approaching sort of what legacy OEMs make. Yeah, and I'm glad you pointed it out and put it like that because there is a sense by a lot of the analysts that it's now a commodity. Uh, that is not what we were thinking. Um, what do you give a commodity? Maybe eight times earnings, maybe seven. Uh, there is a, especially if you back out the credit. You know what? There's an overwhelming sense that he's pivoted. And I, I have to tell you that Jonas is probably the most vocal in this. And he's just basically said, okay, look, we would even sell these stocks, these, these cars for nothing in order to get the aftermarket. And uh, it was a devastating call for the industry. Uh, for the industry, because you, you could say, well, wait a second, there are too many EVs. You could say that he's decided to be Henry Ford. David, there's a Henry Ford aspect to what he said. Basically, Model T. We're going to make them. We'll go for the aftermarket. It's almost like, well, what GE does with aircraft engines. I, I w- it was a dispiriting call because over and over again, he kept talking about how, look, um, we're going to make as many cars. It really doesn't matter. He didn't say gross margin didn't matter. He said, listen, it's not what we're, it's not what we're going, going for. We're not going for gross margin. We're right. going for world dominance. And world dominance comes at a cost. Um, and those comments are being echoed by a number of not just analysts, but I've talked to a couple of investors as well. I mean, I yes, would note, as you so. already did, Adam Jonas, the analyst at Morgan Stanley, yes. who we often quote. He's very colorful to oftentimes. He says, in our view, there were snippets of the transcript from the first quarter call that will be remembered for years to come. Yeah. Particularly, again, Jim, to the point you just made, Elon Musk's statements that the company could potentially sell a car at a loss today in order to capture far larger lifetime value of the vehicle's recurring revenue. You know, he said it right at the end. I mean, someone asked him, look, uh, we know that the legacy car companies make a lot of money off the, once they sell the car. Uh, and once you have a, a body of cars, you can really make a lot of money. And Carl, I mean, it was, uh, it was more of a throwaway comment at the end. I think it was more of a sense that, looks, I, I could have interpreted it saying, listen, we, we, we don't have to make money now. We can make it later. We can do whatever we want. Uh, but I do come back to the idea that, that there is a commoditization of, of EV, and now he's part of that. And by the way, I'm not buying a Cybertruck at all. I mean, not only am I not buying it. Since I already have a truck. Why? He sounded so excited with it. He said yeah, it's going to be, okay, okay. be life-changing. You know, okay, Those, here's what it's going to be. I, I forget gonna, what the words were. It's going to be a Lamborghini. It's going to cost too much. Uh, it's not a mainstream product. There's going to be a gigantic battery. I'm calling it a toy for Elon fanboys. Well, what's interesting, I think, in addition to the Cybertruck, is what others are going to do. Here's Renault today. Uh, there's no big incentive to go and cut the price and go in a spiral that some of our competition is following. If it results in the short term and slightly lower volume, so be it. 
So well, I wonder if others are going to match these cuts. I think, look, I don't think the Ford Mach-E has to, but I think if you, if you have a distinguished product, a distinguishing, distinguishable product like the Ford uh, F-150 Lightning, I think that you can maintain price. It, it has to do with demand. Look, some people, I think, correctly are saying the demand's not what it was. Now that, David, demand not what it was. I mean, you know, this was the most heavily in demand car in history. Yes. Uh, what do you think of that? And that's not encouraging. It may not be. And they are facing more competition. I think that's a fair right. fair assessment. I do wonder, Jim, there were a couple of things on the call that you could imagine the Tesla bulls, in fact, getting behind. The idea that full autonomy is not far away right, and that will right. be a that's game a changer. That's a nice start of the call. And that yeah. their, and their, their energy business, the battery packs and the like, is growing quickly and also will become... Um, a major contributor. Yes, I mean right now. What are solar your takes stand, on both of those? Solar stands still. I, I I think we just got to focus on cars. I mean, one day we can focus on the rest. Uh, let me take a just a little more positive view on it. Let's say he is being Henry Ford. Well, who won? Yeah, Henry no, Ford. That's the point. I mean, that's and it is funny that he he is up up. It's not funny. I mean, it's an existential crisis. If you're Farley, no. Farley's got. I mean, their Model T is the legacy of them, but. Farley's shooting on trucks. And I don't know, and I'm not saying how ugly the Cybertruck is, because, of course, it's hideous. <laughs> uh, it, and that's all right. I don't mind the ugliest truck I've ever seen. Uh, that's, that's cool. Uh, having owned a Ford truck, I can look at that truck and say, you know what? I don't know. I mean, I think it's something that will be studied in kindergarten for a long time. What, what, did, um, what did Jonas say? It's, we're going to be studying it in kindergarten for a long time? I mean, look at that. It's, no, that's not even a uh, – no. I'm not going to throw – my my trees into that truck. That's how I use it. I also got clean branches, and I'm making a stream that I'm going to put trout in. That's my goal. I'm building a trout stream. Oh, nice. And I w- this thing is a Lamborghini. Beauty now, is in the eye of the beholder, it's a Lamborghini. Jim. Come on. I mean, There's no accounting know. for taste, Chief. That may not be. Listen to me. I've test-driven a Lamborghini at 200 miles an hour. Of course, I was not at the wheel. And this looks like a Lamborghini. Um, but I don't want a, a Lamborghini. I want a... I want to shove a truck, yeah. or I'll take a Ford truck, which is what I have. And, it, you know, look, someone might like this. I, it looks like a moon, something would go on the moon. So you put it maybe in um, Star Trooper. What do we said at 9 o'clock? We got the um, Star... You know, oh, the you're not buying launched. my stuff. You're not yeah. buying my stuff here. We think 928? Yeah, what Ford truck does he have? Does he have the Maverick? Does he have the 150? Which one do you have? Do you have the Bronco? Do you have Bronco? You ever see that? It's got the... Fiesta? Fiesta? No. What do you got there? What do you got, what do you got there with the trucks? What, what, why are you guys picking on me? But you got a Kenilworth probably. You I, don't even need it. Because I don't have a truck? He said we got the Kenilworth. I mean, that's a nice Peterbilt. Are you He's somehow suggesting that I'm un-American because I don't drive a truck? You don't even have four wheels, let alone 18. Speak to me. This thing is ugly. I'm sorry. And I love Tesla, by the way. I love love Tesla. Love Tesla. Gorgeous. I, I always say, oh, look at that. The black mat is so pretty. I mean, a- so as for the shares, um, Jonas goes to 200. Webbush goes to 215. Uh, Bernstein reiterates the under. What do you do? I just think that, look, in the end, I think he's I think he is great. Uh, I, I think down here, uh, he, look, the world is still his oyster. He can he doesn't need to do this. He still he got, doesn't need he's still got the highest margins, doesn't he? They're yes. still far higher yes. than this. Yes, but, you know, I just, do I want to own this? I, my Chapel Trust owns Ford, and I am standing by Jim Farley. I am standing by Farley because I think you have to have some non-commodity product, and the F-150 Lightning, David, is that product with a much smaller battery than whatever that thing was that looks like, you know, a Mar- you know, Mars vehicle. I still want to it's understand. He's going to be number one in March. There's why, no doubt about it. He's 100% you sure. You didn't answer me because maybe you don't know and maybe nobody knows. Oh. But why is we perfect autonomy? It will be an extremely important point, as he said in the call. Okay. And well, laying the groundwork here to ship a large number of cars at lower margins, subsequently harvest that margin in the future as they perfect autonomy. Well, it is true that, that autonomy, that the machines can drive better than us. I know you hate any machine. But what is it any- that they're harvesting as a result of autonomy that hasn't yet happened? Is it okay? Is I'll that the, you. that's the recurring revenue theme here, it's isn't just, it? Yes, but look, I mean, you can do you can drive them in Phoenix and San Francisco. There's a lot of the rest it's of the not, country. It's not creating the you taxi, the no, the you couldn't take the, you couldn't take an autonomous from Phoenix to the Phoenician. For let's say you want to go see the Eagles lose in the, in the Super Bowl, and particularly or win, or win. Good yeah. point. Good yeah. point. Yeah. Like yeah. in Vegas, they were close. They're, 
it's up 10. In a, no one's the only one of the teams lost when you're up 10 in the second half. I didn't I realized the Phillies and the Eagles both lost in the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> one thing I want to stress. Hey, they got Hurts for 160 guaranteed. So, no, no, no. Howie no. Rose, by the magician. Way, magician. By the way, as what? a, uh, I mean, no, you're getting me wrong. That's no, amazing. No. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, first year playoff, second for Nick. No one ever talks about Nick Sirianni. No. But I, I, I do, look, when I, I look at, at Tesla, it is an amazing success. And he can do what he wants. And that was, a, I think we're misinterpreting the, the incredibly long, it's sometimes boring call. He can do whatever he wants. He's choosing to cut. I think that you have to accept the fact that cars aren't as valuable as trucks. There's not a lot of margin in cars. And he's, not, he's, he's going for share. Does he want to wipe out everybody? Does he want to compete with China, with the, with the, board, the BYD? I don't know. But it was a meandering call. It will not be remembered. But I will say this. It is not a quarter that will be remembered for years. Right. Or a quarter that will be remembered for a quarter. Because he can turn around and change his view next quarter. Sure. I, think he, I think he reveres Henry Ford. Not ideologically that I can tell. Always put that in there. Uh, meanwhile, as we said, futures are lower this morning after the mixed session yesterday, Jim. I was watching the number of bank misses today. Oh, today's a bad day. Discover, Fifth Third. I know you've been coming to Amex's defense. I, I have because Amex is finally getting its it, – look, they have to take the reserve higher. They, they're the lowest reserves ever. I think there are parts of this Amex that are just uh, – can I, can I get Jay Powell to – I know he's glued to our show – I need him to turn it off for a sec. I need him to mute it, okay? Tell, him, tell me when he's muted. T&E up 39%. Airline spend up, David, up 60%. Restaurant up 28%. Now, if you're Jay, well, Jay doesn't have, he didn't hear it, so we're okay. But David, these numbers say, you gotta raise rates now. You yeah. can't even wait. But this is the long on money, short on time thesis. And people don't get it that post-COVID, people have different, they do different things. Meanwhile, though, what? most of our day will be uh, about people talking about the most anticipated recession we've ever had. Because that's what they'll be talking about. Well, you know what? Now, those numbers don't sound recessionary to me. No, and boy, D.R. Horton, if you looked at what Horton did last night, remember the largest home builder? A million people have a Horton home. The numbers were extraordinary. I don't see Horton indicating largest home builder, excellent blowout number, $2.72 versus $1.93. Revenue, $7.9 billion versus $6.5 billion. Is that recession to have the largest home builder put up those kinds of numbers? That said, uh, John Gray, uh, Blackstone reported, we'll get to the numbers themselves. Oh, you're going to do about the distribution cut? Actually, we're playing the music, so they're not going to let me play the sound. Uh, but, but, no, but look, that's blow right. it. This we'll is a, we're going to blow out the first break because if you stood with me on this, we would do it. I know, but they, they, they started the music. I'm not going to get in the way of it. You're not my ally. When it comes I am your ally. I'm, well, I wanted to listen. I, I should have gotten a John Gray Lola right? earlier. They, they right? can cut our mics whenever they want. They're, they're in control. As much as you'd like to think you are. They think Elon Musk is in control until this morning. <laughs> we'll go to break here. When we get the, we come back, we will talk some AT&T shares down sharply in reaction to this quarterly result, the free cash flow miss. Uh, we'll get to some of the other results, including Nucor, and as Jim says, DHI, AutoNation, Las Vegas Sands up five. Back in a moment. Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, wealth strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of futures. At Janice Henderson, we are committed to helping you invest in a brighter future for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. of AT&T are uh, going to be down, looking down as much as four and a half, five percent, although we'll see how they uh, trade when we open about 15 minutes from now. You can see they're right there. The company did report numbers, uh, you know, from their part, and I spoke to the CFO this morning. Uh, they say, hey, listen, we grew revenues, EBITDA and ARPU uh, at levels that uh, we haven't seen in a long time. Churn was quite low. 
and they had anticipated a moderation of growth in the industry back to what they call pre-pandemic levels. Of course, remember, during the pandemic, there was uh, greater gains. 424,000 postpaid phone net ads. That's 11 straight quarters with more than 400,000 net ads. Uh, and again, that churn remains quite low. Also in fiber, where they continue to overbuild and build out in general, still have their uh, target of 30 million uh, homes uh, past. Um, free cash flow number, only a billion. That's what and that may on. be what is uh, concerning people. I did ask again the CFO about that. Few things they cite because they're sticking with their 16 billion free cash flow target for the full year. Uh, devices, you know, you buy your devices in the third quarter, the fourth quarter, or you're getting uh, those devices as part of the uh, plan that you signed up for. They pay for them in in, uh, in Q1. Incentive comp is included in Q1, and uh, also capex is front end loaded. And so that gym is where they're saying, at least, is the reason why. Free cash flow is only a billion, although it's still below what analysts were estimating. And perhaps it is put into question, at least in the minds of some investors, whether they can hit that 16 billion free cash flow number. Um, I didn't get as much uh, transparent or detail on DirecTV, which, you know, they still own a majority of, and it does contribute cash to the point of cash flow. It's not, not a part of the business, they don't run it, but it does contribute cash. And obviously that's in secular decline, as we all know. Uh, at DirecTV, but it was the free cash flow number, I think, that's giving some investors pause this morning. The rest of it, okay. Of course, when you take a look at the long term, as we often have done here, you didn't want to own AT&T, you didn't want to own Verizon, you only wanted to own one name. And we put it up, please, the longer term for the three of them, and that would be, of course, T-Mobile, which has vastly outperformed. Thank you. It's still the same. It's just Siebert's doing a magnificent job there at T-Mobile. David, some people are looking for a $3 billion cash flow. Yes, some are looking for a $3 billion number okay, versus so the $1 billion. Now, now that, that's, to me, I'm putting that in the miss category. $3 well, billion versus $1 I, billion? I think that is what the market is keying How's the of. dividend doing there? It's gonna, the yield's going to be even higher today. Well, isn't that great? The yield keeps getting higher. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what people want is yield. So I, I can see that you're sort of, you seem to have moderated your negative stance. Now you seem to I be moving wrong. back towards... I was wrong. I'm, wrong. I boeinged it. I boeinged it, David. You boeinged it? Well, because remember, you you got me out of Boeing. My travel trust is below. Yeah. And then it moved up. Well, I boeinged ATT. Oh, so. I thought maybe at 19 it had bottomed. So Boeing was my fault. Yeah. Okay. I mean, David <laughs> Calhoun said it was your fault. I don't know. He's a CEO. Sure that it was my questioning that got you out of Boeing at the low. Yeah. Yeah. Was it? I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm wrong. Could be, could be wrong. Could be wrong. It's happened but I don't before. Know. Let's have a mad dash. We'll figure it out. Okay. Uh, we will get uh, more in a moment. Take a look at futures here. We'll get to some of the calls as well, including some moves on GE, Raytheon, Emerson, Schwab. Back in a minute. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Busy market setup today, even though the futures are weak. Several uh, corporate results to watch. Some eco data. We got claims. Philly Fed will get existing homes and uh, leading economic indicators later. And then a bunch of Fed speak, almost half a dozen, in fact. Waller, Bowman are some of the voters we'll hear from today. In the meantime, Elon Musk's SpaceX trying once again to launch Starship, the most powerful rocket ever built. That first attempt was scrubbed on Monday, as you know. And Elon Musk, Morgan Brennan, tweeting even as we speak, as we uh, get down to the final few minutes. We are down to the final few minutes here. We are just about T minus three minutes. We are on the verge of 
history being made if this gets off the ground here. Uh, it's, a, it's a more than just over uh, an hour-long launch window, so anything could happen here. It's the first ever flight, orbital test flight, of this mega, mega rocket system. This has been years Years of regulatory work and technological tests in the making. And when Elon Musk talks about colonizing Mars, this is the system that SpaceX has been designing to do that. It is also contracted with NASA to land astronauts on the surface of the moon in the coming years. And if and when it does fly here in these coming minutes, it is poised to become the most powerful rocket that has ever flown by an order of magnitude, 16.7 million pounds of thrust. That is double the 8.8 .8 million pounds of thrust of NASA's SLS rocket, which was built by Boeing and flew for the first time last fall. It's currently the most powerful rocket in operation. It's also the Holy Grail, Carl, built to be fully reusable. We've never seen that before. No one's ever even attempted it before. And as you look at this launch pad, we are T minus 143 uh, in terms of this system getting off uh, off the ground in Texas, Boca Chica, what Starbase, what SpaceX calls uh, Starbase. Morgan, it's one of those moments where uh, TV has trouble giving viewers a real sense of scale. Uh, talk about just the physical size of this rocket. We're talking something that's, what, 400 feet tall? Yes, it's just about 400 feet tall, payload capacity of up to 150 metric tons. Just to give this a little perspective, Falcon Heavy is about two, or Falcon 9 is about 230 feet tall, uh, and Falcon Heavy, which is its uh, heavier counterpart, has a payload capacity of 64 tons. It's massive. It's the tallest rocket, and it is standing, as you can see there uh, on your screen, it is, um, it is attached to the tallest ever uh, launch tower as well. So we are, we're getting there here. We're less than 30 seconds till this thing lifts off, yeah. potentially. Uh, great setup, Morgan, as uh, we uh, watch some history being made here. As you can see, the countdown clock on your screen will uh, listen in uh, to Boca Chica. Okay, you can see the clock has recycled. Flight director has called a hold. We are recycling. For the moment, we'll see where they move the clock back to. They could hold at T minus 40 seconds. They could go to an earlier point. Give us a minute to listen into the nets and we'll see if we can get you more information to share. All right, Morgan, some of that clock recycling gives us a little more time to talk about it. It does. Walk us through some of this process here as the engineers uh, get set for the for final uh, preparations. So because this is the first ever orbital flight or attempted orbital flight uh, of this system, this is not unusual. You tend to see uh, a much higher bar in terms of actually moving forward with a liftoff because it's a new system, it's untested. Elon Musk has said and said multiple times that there's a very high risk that this doesn't go according to plan and that he will consider it a success as long as this rocket gets off the ground and is far enough away from Starbase and this launch pad uh, if something happens that it doesn't actually damage the launch pad. Um, so, so this is very, it's a high risk, high reward scenario. And uh, as I mentioned, the rocket has been built for reusability, but you're not going to see that on this test flight. This test flight is meant to see if Starship and its super heavy booster can actually separate from each other as planned and to see if Starship can actually reach those orbital velocities that are going to be necessary before it returns back to Earth. Morgan, with that, we'll take a moment here and get the opening bell. Uh, get the CNBC real-time exchange. At the big board, it's the Marcus Corporation and the Barbara Sinatra Children's Center, marking April as Child Abuse Awareness Month. At the NASDAQ, it is Chicago Atlantic Real Estate Finance, a cannabis mortgage REIT. We're going to get back to Morgan when we do know more. This hold, as she said, guys, uh, was always a possibility. And I think the window here is somewhere in the neighborhood of an hour okay. uh, in, in terms of where they where they'd have to think about maybe doing it another day. Um, it is amazing how uh, often we come back to Elon Musk. As I've said so many times, he is the most consequential man when it comes to business. Oh, yeah, we begin definitely. the broadcast talking about Tesla, which 
is of course an incredibly important company. And then halfway through, we're looking at a historic launch that he of course is at the center of as well. Um, we haven't even talked about Twitter, which I actually used to listen to the Tesla call yesterday. I just went on Twitter and listened to, to the call via Twitter. You did that? Yeah, I did. It's well, easy. Look, I, I think you're right. I mean, you had a throwaway line at the end uh, of the call. Hey, good luck tomorrow uh, with Starship. Yeah, you need luck. I mean, like, good luck with like, the most important thing that's going to happen in the country today. Good luck. By the way, you know, the Chinese, an article in the New York Times about how, you know, they, they have Macron. Now they're like starting to line up Brazil. We have Musk. Now, I know he, he throws China bone. Well, they they also Musk. would say they have Who Musk. Who do they have? <laughs> what, who's their Musk? Oh, yes. You won't hear, you'll hear Elon do uh, criticize many things. He's very but outspoken. He I don't think I've ever heard him say anything about China. No, in a no one really way. criticized China other than the, some of the people who we used to think were dissidents, but now we know from ChatGPT they're happy. Well, how about this Yellen speech uh, where she says that security worries are more important than economic oh, interests? Okay, yeah. so there's a call that I got up to listen to. Don't even ask why. The Taiwan semi call. Because, the, you know, the call goes from like 1 o'clock to 4.30. Right. It's an insomniac call. And they translate it. But the cost, I'm going to ask David this while we're waiting. David, how much does it cost to build a foundry in the United States versus Taiwan? Uh, well, I think it's two to three fold. Five times. Five times. Five times. So you Five wonder times. why it is important. To Five keep times. Time. Five times. I said it several times in the call. So we cannot build foundries like they do. We cannot build the smaller foundries. We cannot build the foundry that, that handles NVIDIA. We need to have boots on the ground to protect this operation. It was an incredible call. Well, what you just said is but, I mean, boots on the ground, really? Is that what you Oh, no, no. Let's just, we defend okay. everybody else. How about a country that is actually important to our military? Uh-huh. Who else don't we? We defend anybody. Why don't we use what we do in the Philippines with the joint uh, action? Why don't we do it with Taiwan? Look, if they hate us, I mean, have you noticed the rhetoric it's 50 from miles Xi? away, isn't Xi's it, from rhetoric. the mainland? I mean, it's, it's, it's a swim. You could swim. You're a big swimmer. I could. Xi's rhetoric is so horrible that it reminds me of Mao's rhetoric. Do you see well, what he says about no, us? You're po- We're losers. I, I, Our democracy's awful. I'm waiting for him to say that we drink too much vodka or well, something. We'll see what Yellen says. Guys, I, th- I think we're, I think we're uh, on the cusp of the ignition here. Let's listen in again. Just chills. I remember when they all made us watch John Glenn get off when I was in, in elementary school. And it was like, oh, my God, we're like, we're a great country. You know, we're beating the Russians. They had Sputnik. We've got this. Wow. 
Uh, Morgan, that's exactly what Musk talks about, is trying to think about the future once again with aspiration and not fear. Uh, this certainly points to that kind of moment. This, listen, you can say what you want about Elon Musk. You can say what you want about Tesla, about Twitter. But when it comes to SpaceX and the space industry, and specifically this emerging, burgeoning, fast-growing commercial space sector, there's SpaceX and there's everyone else. And that is an evidence right now as we're watching this historic flights take place of Starship. This is incredible. This is history in the making as the most powerful rocket ever built is now flying and making its way to orbit for the first time. At about three minutes, guys, you're going to see this booster. If things go according to plan, it's going to separate from the Starship transportation spacecraft. It's going to fall back to Earth for a controlled landing in the Gulf of Mexico, and you're going to see that Starship structure that was on the top of that booster when you saw it on the, on the launch pad. You're going to see it ignite its own engines. It's going to move deeper into space, and it's going to start pushing towards those orbital speeds uh, in the second chapter of this test flight. So the whole thing's going to take about an hour and a half, right? Um, and no, obviously, no, no personnel on board. Nope. Uh, and there's no cargo this time. That's right. Um, and all of this will lead to, uh, the, in terms of the Artemis program, Morgan, of, of what in the next, say, two years? So there, there are going to be many, many tests after this one. Uh, as I noted before, this is a, a system that is designed to be reusable. They're not testing the reusability aspects on this flight. That is not part of this mission. But you're going to see those tests. You're going to eventually see tests that, that do involve, involve crew. You're going to see tests around the moon. Uh, and if all goes according to plan, and there's other things that have to happen, too, for Artemis, but you could see... This system, as soon as, and it's a very ambitious timeline, but as soon as 2025, uh, basically take astronauts for the U.S. and our allies from lunar orbit down to the surface of the moon. It's a $2.9 billion contract for SpaceX with NASA. Uh, it's the lunar, the human landing contract. Uh, and it's just one example of the many ways that this Starship system uh, is going to be is going to be used both for government purposes and for commercial purposes. It's very disruptive what the capabilities of this are going to be. The last thing I would say is it'll be used for future Starlink launches, too. Uh, it's going to be a remarkable day if we get humans on the moon in the next couple of years, Morgan. Uh, no one can walk us through it as well as you can. Nope. Our thanks to you. That's our Morgan Brennan uh, watching Starship in Texas. Jim, that, um, you know, it's kind of seems like the Tesla quarter or Microsoft pulling their ad product from Twitter seems kind of trivial in, in right. comparison. Well, look, I mean, there are moments in America where you just have to wonder. We haven't had a lot of wonderment. People, we see all these surveys, including our own survey, which just talk about gloom. I don't know, those of us who are older who remember that we became the champs of space recognize that we are not, David, a pitiful, helpless giant. No, we are not. Do you care to expand upon my thinking, or is that just... Uh, well, I would actually go back to technology overall and something that we haven't mentioned this morning, and we typically do, which is uh, AI and ChatGPT and what that's meant. Because, again, you want a theme that may have duration in terms of an, of an investing possibility. Duration versus durational risk. Is that or, where you're going, no. Henny Youngman? I'm talking more about... Meta and the metaverse. I'm okay, talking well, more about any number of things that have come along recently that haven't really given you an opportunity. Right. But AI and ChatGPT seem to be doing that. And again, that's made in America. Well, yes, in the Taiwan semi call, everything, every line, David, every line was not good except for artificial intelligence, which is NVIDIA. Thank you. Thank you for that. It's and more than NVIDIA, though. I mean, well, you know, no, this no, morning... No, no, with Taiwan Semi. Yeah, I had no, somebody than, singing absolutely. me the praises that, you know, listen, Oracle's a small part of their business, but yeah, those but who are going to be developing these AI models need to have a modern tech stack. And, and Jensen and Oracle, mentioned that. Oracle Jensen may benefit Oracle, from that. They real, Jensen highlighted Oracle several times as being very good. Do you know that we've had this pattern that where we open down and it's off of Europe, and then we just spend the rest of the day rallying for heaven's sake. You tweeted this morning. We're like downstream from uh, from what's going on over there. Yeah, I mean, look, in the end, Toll Brothers, we had Horton, a GE, really not, Katz is a really nice upgrade. Uh, 
I see Emerson caught a nice upgrade. And yes, the, these re, regional banks, I mean, we do what we knew, what we expect them to be as good as JP Morgan, for heaven's sake. Newcore beat the numbers. Uh, David, I even see, I, I see Intel price go up in terms of numbers. Lamb Research, there's a capital equipment negativity on the Sun Micro, on the, uh, the Taiwan Semi. Yep. Darn it, look at Lamb Research, LRCX. That's I a, mean, this is incredible. Yeah, third biggest gainer this morning. Does that take some of the, the ASML sting out then? I think so. I, look, Lamb lost $2.5 billion in orders to China, and they still came up with a great quarter. How special is that company? And they make the highest end. And that's, again, back to, back to our little theme yeah, that it's is America. a U.S. company. Yes, we still yeah. can make some chips, yeah, can't we, and we make made, them quite remember well. Remember when we just made Coca-Cola in movies? We well, also, now we don't make movies very well. They're expensive, according to Ike, Ike Perlmutter. And this, I don't know, I'm, I'm drinking uh, Coconut uh, you know, Vita. Coca Vita. Coca Vita? I, one of the IPOs of 2021 that actually made money. And we make, by the way, David, can we just talk... Uh, sure. A moment we about can talk Chipotle. Any, anytime about you Chipotle, want to talk. That's Chipotle. An you want to come do. back to that? Well, just because I first, finally saw the two thousand dollar target that I'm using, yes. someone else is using. So I feel good about that. Bear. You should. Yeah. So you did but, it the other day as a mad dash. Look at I know. this. Got look at the QQQ. The QQQ. It looked like. And this morning, I'm watching Frank, and this show is really fabulous, Wex. I mean, it is just fabulous. It's rat a tat tat. I love it. And it looks really bad. The market's bad. It's like, whoa, is me. Well, you look forward to the launch. I don't know. Uh, Pepto-Bismo, some Alka-Seltzer, don't ask me why. And then, bingo! Look at the QQQ. Right on sked, David. Right on sked. Although, I mean, yesterday, Jim, VIX 16, 17. Well, that's... Uh, spy volume, yeah, lowest of the year. That's the elephant I mean, is this in the a, mine. Are you not shorting a dull market? Uh, no, I'm not shorting a dull market. I, I just think that... The only thing that was really worrisome was how robust American Express was in terms American of American Express is down over 5%. Well, no, 18, well, 18 T-shares are down 7%. Tesla's no, still down 7%. I, I meant the Those are names you would have the, wanted to the, short yesterday no, the, for the, the, the earnings. American Express, the, the spending numbers. They had to take some provisions because they have much more business. Oh, they even That's said the delinquencies this year will not surpass pre-pandemic. Right. I mean, this is an opportunity to buy this stock because um, you're going to see they maintain their year. And that's what mattered for Steve Squirry. They maintain their year. Um, that's what I care about. Uh, at CFO, uh, when I did ask about bad debt trends, said they're no different than they've been. Collection hasn't changed. Bad debt trends haven't changed. So the oh, so consumer does continue to look strong. Obviously, the Amex spending numbers would show that. But right. to your point, perhaps so, provisions are what... Uh, so ATT is not down 7%. No, it is. It is down oh, 7%. Okay, I thought that maybe I was looking at it yes, upside no, down. You, no, yes, it is. Um, but the consumer remains strong. Now, uh, I, I'd referenced earlier John Gray. Blackstone also reporting numbers. We can take a look there. Not really doing too much, I don't think, in the market. But Gray the, did, yeah. John did weigh in on, uh, on credit tightening. Uh, and I thought it was interesting, guys, to take a listen to what he had to say as we take a look at the broader markets and where we stand right now. Because to your point about Powell, and if he looks at those Amex numbers, what he, uh, spending numbers, what he may want to do in terms of tightening, well, the rejoinder might be that you know, Gray, at least, for his part. By the way, Blackstone would be the beneficiary of that. But take a listen. He says banks are starting to get stingier. I think the pressure on deposits still exists. And I think the biggest impact is that banks are becoming increasingly cautious. I think they're going to be much less likely to lend to consumers and businesses. And I think this will result in more slowdown, less capital available, more expensive capital. And as I said, for a firm like ours that manages over $300 billion of credit and insurance assets, I think there'll be a lot of opportunities to lend capital. So maybe talking his own book a little bit, but yeah. at the same time, he is somebody you want to hear from on these kinds of trends. Yeah, look, I, I, you could argue, well, wait a second, it's distribution there. They cut it a tad. It had been 91, now it's 82, I believe. But look. At Blackstone, I, you mean the yeah, distribution. But yeah. I, look, I just felt that he, along with Barry Stern, look at Starwood, all they say, no, that's all they say. They're very varied and the thing, but they're ready. They're ready for when the banks shut down. They're ready for when the commercial real estate goes under. David, here's a statistic for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Commercial real estate, when it's a, a C property or D property, the land underneath is worth 40% of the building, and there you go, because you're going to have to blow the building up because there's just no place, there's no conversion. It's $700, $800 a square feet. Thank you, uh, Hamid Mogadam from, uh, from ProLogic. $700, $800 a square feet to convert. Forget that. 
So, David, look for... You don't want, yeah, don't look for C or Ds, that's no, for sure. No, C or D is you no good. You don't even want Bs for the most but, part. But remember, someone's going to say Bs not as good as, I mean... No, I mean, Gray, and he said this and many others have said, listen, when you say commercial real estate, you're talking about a broad diversity of different types of properties, from warehouses to data centers to office space. And office space is not that large a percent of it. That said, SL Green, Jim, did report numbers. The stock is down a bit. We don't have the call yet, um, so we don't know. 41 Manhattan office leases covering 504,682 square feet in the first quarter were signed. 5.3% um, higher for the first quarter than the previous. Fully escalated rents in the same space as they say, mark to market. But again, you know, the A is doing okay. They say that they're at about 90% um, in terms of same store leases, yes. occupancy. Not occupancy, who's walking into the building. That means that actually 90% leased. But SL Green shares are, are down about 1.3%. Hasn't been a good year, obviously. We've talked about it so often. No, given I mean, where they are terrible. in terms of uh, how, many, how many businesses are going to choose to lessen, to reduce their footprint. Right, and yet warehouses, because uh, of e-commerce, completely filled. Yep. And not enough of them. I mean, there's just... I think that this notion of real estate is a bad term. We really have to say it's commercial office real estate that was built in the wrong locations with people not coming back to work. It's a very big deal. And by the way, Jay Powell, you can tell them to make it louder. Uh, maybe made it louder for the launch. But AutoNation was not that good. And, you know, cars, I think, are going to be part of the weakness. And that's something that Elon made a point of in the call. Yeah, there was a revenue miss over at AutoNation. Yeah. You know, on a day where everyone's talking about, oh, the transports are out underperforming and small caps are weak and there's oils at the lows of the month. Yes, how about that? We still got uh, UNP with a, a decent uh, print and one of the winners today. Uh, we're seeing some transports perform okay this morning. Jim. Transports are so weird because you, you, you had J.P. Hunt report that major miss and then the stock goes higher. Uh, Union Pacific is a very good company. I think we're still trying to get a real sense of what happened there with the, with the changeover, the CEO changeover. But uh, we've kind of given up on the rails post-East Palestine. Maybe we have to re revisit them, David. Yeah. Um, that SpaceX, it looked like it kind of blew up, didn't it, the, the rocket? It a, I think the, the, the read right now uh, is that it was a, uh, an unplanned separation. Uh, and so, but still, the, the thinking is there's a lot of good data that's going to get collected. Right. I mean, a test is a test, but it didn't separate from the booster when it was supposed to. Because I, I was wondering what was happening as we watched it sort of. Uh, so it's not as good as. Yeah, it, uh, the two stages uh, didn't separate. Uh, lots learned today, some argue. Well, it's a test. Yep. I immediately switched into default mode. It's a test. <laughs> It's, oh, a it's a test. How about That's that horde test? How about that horde? They built a That's lot why of you good do homes. Tests. I, I, I was Up defer. Seven. I would always defer to Morgan on what we were actually watching when it um, when it went into yeah. pieces. But that did look like it. Yeah. Well, you know, David, it, 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 it's not what we wanted to see. Um, but I'm looking at um, at the housing businesses doing well. <laughs> hey, listen, man, it's rocket science. It's there. I mean, it's. It's not like picking stocks. It's actual rocket science. Yeah. It's hard. Okay. Well, Toll Brothers is good. Uh, Morgan, let's talk about, I guess they're calling it rapid uh, unplanned disassembly. Yeah, unscheduled disassembly. Uh, that Starship rocket did fail to reach orbit. It looks like it blew up over Texas. SpaceX still calling this, and this kind of goes back to what I said earlier in the hour, still calling this a success because it did clear the tower. Um, it appears that Starship did not separate from that super heavy booster when it was supposed to. It does look like, you see the video um, of it, it does look like there, there was an explosion. Uh, still gathering more, more intel and information here. Um, but this test, as it was intended, uh, has not gone according to plan. So in layman's terms, I think you could probably argue it's a failure. In SpaceX terms, given the fact that this was the first uh, test flight, orbital test flight, orbital attempt, uh, they're still seeing this as very much a success because I would imagine there's going to be a lot of data that they will have gathered from this, and they'll be able to move very quickly to continue to develop and tweak this system. Um, how much pressure now is there on, uh, to the degree SpaceX has rivals, uh, to either match or one-up in terms of this, sort, this, this size of cargo, these pounds of thrust? 
Oh, well, you're seeing, well, it's interesting you, you bring that up. I was at a space symposium in Colorado Springs earlier this week. I sat down with, with a number of executives, the CEO of Rocket Lab, Peter Beck, who has been in the small launch market with his Electron rocket. They're now developing Neutron, which is, which is medium lift. So not anything even remotely close to the power and, and thrust of Starship. But whether it's that company or whether it's Relativity Space, which is a, a CNBC disruptor company that's privately held and, and valued at more than $4 billion, that company has announced plans to go into uh, heavier lift launch services with a bigger rocket than the one it just tested uh, a few weeks ago as well. You're seeing this shift from small rockets to bigger, heavier, more powerful rockets. And the reason is because... Despite the fact that you have an overpopulated rocket market, startup market right now, and the capital is dried up, and you're starting to see some of these names uh, consolidate, look at Virgin Orbit, for example. Sure, sure. There is a capacity mismatch in the coming years. There are something like 100,000 satellites poised to or applied for regulatory approval to go to Earth orbit, and there are not enough launch vehicles and not enough capacity to carry them all there. So Starship is huge because it's going to be able to to bring so much more payload to Earth orbit. We talked about the moon and Mars earlier, but so much more payload to Earth orbit than we've really ever seen before. And because of the reusability factor, once they get this thing actually working and operational, the cost is going to come down dramatically. Right. Uh, the, yeah, the, the ability to, uh, to reuse has changed the unit economics forever. Is the business thinking more about uh, sort of lunar type missions, I mean, as opposed to uh, the 15, 20 year aspirations of Mars. I mean, where, where does, where's the line in terms of getting early practical use under our belt, but still shooting, uh, I guess, literally for the stars? Um, so I, I think it's in three stages, right? You've had this commercialization of low Earth orbit that NASA in part has has helped to spearhead, uh, at, but also in general, commercial companies doing their own things uh, with private funding. The next stage of that over these coming years, and you're already seeing some of that money flow towards these types of uh, projects, is lunar, and then Mars will be somewhere behind that. Uh, So over the next decade, you're going to see much more activity in deep space, but you're also going to see much more activity, things like heavy manufacturing, which is where some of the VC dollars are going, in low Earth orbit as well. Uh, Morgan, appreciate that, uh, helping us understand what we saw this morning. Uh, Morgan Brennan. Uh, And to her point, Jim, there's going to be a whole industry that's built upon supplying this kinds of stuff. Oh, it's great. We got a little too excited about it. We did virgins. But but I think that what matters is it's going to be an industry uh, like, for instance, people made a lot of money in in phase, in in, in solar. There's a lot of companies that just to make solar, it turned out to be a much bigger deal. It should be like that. It's a brand new industry and people should be focused on it Uh, at, at the same time. I'm focused on aerospace, and I think we have found a winner. David, GE is now a top five S&P name for the year. Wow. GE, it's being viewed as the way to play aerospace. Has to be viewed as something, because it trades at 50 times earnings. Well, yeah, but I'm saying that it's going to have a very good multiple because it's the best aerospace, clean aerospace. Doesn't have the Chinese saying nasty things about them, like Raytheon. Boeing, well, we know, has got some problems making um, whatever plane you want to mention, I guess. It I don't know. It was finally time that. to own GE. No, it was the time to own GE when it was at 80. And That's my point. GE Healthcare. It was finally time. Yeah, GE well, Healthcare is such a good company. GE Healthcare spin. Oh, it's such a good company. And, uh, and obviously the stock itself is, as you say, has been running Larry. on what they want it to be, which is eventually a pure play, really. Well, it took Larry Culp a little while, but he then delivered. We don't talk enough about how good Larry Culp is. You know, it's just kind of under the radar. This thing is now a top five S&P name. And it's because Larry Cole came up with the Vinova is going to spin off. Some people say it was worth $20 a share. Initially, the spinoff was viewed very uh, with, with, with a yawn. No one's yawning now. Look at that. Look at that. Uh, we don't talk as often about what is still another part of the business, which, of course, is the energy part of it. But, but you know, there's a positive note out today saying that Finova could be worth $20 a share. Is that what they're... Fi- right. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, these kind of... They come up with these names. I know it's these been names. a fortune. They just... All you have to do is look, go into chat GPT and say, what's a good name for 
an energy company, and they would have come up with something better. Without, without a doubt. Right. And how much would that cost you versus trying to come up with one of these fancy It costs you nothing. Right. And that's a good example, by the way, of what's going to happen in corporate America. Oh, when you happening. do your spinoff, you just go and you, it's going to be much better. And all that money you spend, that, again, this is the copyright issue, Carl. If you're a writer, if you're someone who's supposed to come up with fancy, funny things, no, nah, ChatGPT's got you beat. It must be. It must be like you wake up in the morning and say, oh, my God, they're going to beat me. They're going to beat me. And then they beat you. Well, there is a larger question as to whether one day it will replace software as a service because it'll be able to come up with customized solutions for each company that sort what, of minimize the need for. Maybe in three months. Look, it's moving Things are so moving fast. quickly. Things are moving it quickly. It thinks much more quickly than we do. We're, you know, we're trying to figure out what's going to be on Netflix tonight. It doesn't do that. You know, we're in late-stage capitalism. They're in the capitalism of... Of, of, of J.P. Morgan, we're, we're of Commodore Vanderbilt. We're late-stage species. We're late-stage species? Yeah, late-stage. Okay. Had a good run, though. Had a good run. We Not had bad. a real good Not run. Not nearly Jefferson, as good as the dinosaurs, dynamite. though. Come on, man. They roamed the earth for 300 million years. Did you hear the boneyard pit thing when Joe Rogan, that guy, found all the bones in that one little area? No. Yeah, that, yeah that's a, worth the listen. No, but I did hear the fake conversation between Joe Rogan and Sam Altman that How was, was created solely by AI. Did you hear about the fake combination between the executives at, at, at Fox? <laughs> they could have used a little chat GP. That would have been like, should I say this? What's so mad? Chat GPT. What do you okay. got? Um, we've got Anna Boutin. Santander is the strongest uh, bank in Europe. And then we have Leon Topalian, which reported a better number than people thought. Newport. Yeah. And I've got to tell you, when you look at Spain and Anna Boutin quietly becoming the only bank, scandal-free, doing really well. I mean, I, there was a time when Credit Suisse would have looked down the nose of Santander. Santander can't even see Credit Suisse. It's, it's, they're Be- like ants. Because Credit Suisse is gone. It's going away. Well, I know, I'm just using UBS that. now. We're just David, about we got to go. All right. I just said that to be ahead nice. of when Chip said we have to go. Uh, you'd be good in the booth. It. You'd be good in the booth, Chip. We'll see you at 6 on yep. Mad Money. We do have data coming up. Existing homes in LEI in a minute. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve with the help of T-Mobile for Business. Our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.